So we're going to read Proverbs 117 twice, so from ESV and then the message afterwards. So the beginning of knowledge. Uh, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise and dealing in righteousness, justice and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the word of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Then we'll just read it from the message. So, a manual for living. These are the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king, written down so we'll know how to live well and right, to understand what life means and where it's going, a manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality. There's something here also for seasoned men and women, still a thing or two for the experience to learn. Fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. Okay. So if you've got your Bibles open or you've got your apps, um, Let's uh, keep them at, um, in the first chapter of, of Proverbs. Okay, well, I'm sure each of us have said or done foolish things in our life, most likely, probably even this week, maybe, if you're very proficient at foolishness, even this morning. And the reality is that every day we need uh, wisdom to live life well. No one seeks to be foolish, um, yet foolishness seems to come quite naturally to, to many of us. So it is right that we seek and desire to be wise. It's right that we look into how can we gain such um, knowledge? How can we gain such insight so that we can be wise in the things that we do? And in this series called Making Space for Wisdom, we're going to be studying through the book of Proverbs, part of uh, the Bible's wisdom literature. And we'll be deep diving into chapters 1 and 4 and 9 um, to understand the nature of wisdom and also its significance for our lives. And then we will sort of transition into thinking about what it means to be wise in our relationships, what it means to be wise in attitudes, some attitudes uh, with our time, with our possessions. So we'll be then moving sort of into some sort of topical ways of reflecting. What does it mean to be wise with our, our money, for instance? Okay, let's see what this wisdom literature has got to say. Now, each week, what our, our plan would be is to do this, is that the sermon will be about 20 to 25 minutes. Please pray for me. I'm probably the one who's going to struggle most with this. I don't mind talking about the Bible. Um, 
so that we can have some time for discussion. Now, if you've been with us pre-lockdown, when we are in, say, Martin the Boring, we met round tables. It, the, the desire would be to sort of do that similar thing. Uh, but still, we can still gather in our little pods in some, in some chairs, like you did discuss that initial question. Because uh, part of engaging in God's word is processing through, what does it mean for me? Uh, how do I apply this to my life? And it seems better than me just giving lots of general applications. You can take it and uh, discuss it together and apply it personally to yourselves. Now, if you've got your Bible open, uh, the, the title of this first passage in, in the Bible may say something like the beginning of wisdom or the beginning of knowledge. And verses 1 to 7 unpacks what wisdom is and how we can begin the journey of becoming wise people. In one sense, it's an introduction of introductions. It's a kind of overview, as it were. And it starts by telling us that these are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So Solomon is the main author. There are other contributors to the end of, towards the end of this book, um, Agar and King um, uh, I was can't, can't say the name now. Uh, Lamy, Lamy, what? Lamois, thank you very much. I just wouldn't come out. Um, and um, so, uh, what we see is uh, uh, Samuel, sorry, Solomon writing, he's the main author. And it seems right that he is the main author of uh, a wisdom book because he was known to be, or it was said of him, that he was the wisest man before Jesus ever to live on earth and we discover that his encounter or his his journey with wisdom starts just as he becomes king and in 1 kings 3 verses 5 to 9 he uh, god meets him and asks him what he would like and it says this at gibeon the lord appeared to solomon during the night in a dream and god said ask for whatever you want uh, want me to give you and so god says look you're going to become king, here's a present. Ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Now, I don't know what you would have been asking for. Um, maybe you would be like um, Solomon here and asking for wisdom. Um, maybe you would have asked for something else. Maybe you would ask for, for a big army or a bigger palace. But this is what Solomon said in verse 7. Now, the Lord my, now, now my Lord God, you have, my, you have made me servant... Uh, maybe your servant king in place of my father David. Now I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon, uh, ple pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So Solomon, when asked what, what he would want from, from God, asked for a discerning heart to govern the people and to distinguish between right and wrong. And what we see here is that Solomon wants to pass some of that wisdom on to uh, people. And notice that he, he wants, the reason he asks for wisdom is that he wants to govern well and he wants to distinguish between right and wrong. We will see that in a, a little bit 
that he, he writes down the purpose, and one of the purposes he writes down is that, that it is for understanding what is right, fair, and good. So what Proverbs is trying to do for us is trying to help us sort of reshape our worldview to give us God's design on life so that we might walk in a way which is good for us and good for other people, just for us and just for other people, and fair for us and fair for other people. So that's why we're going to see that um, much of the Proverbs are, are wise advice, they're practical advice on how to live. Now most of us recognize that we need wisdom. And the question is, why, why do we need wisdom? Why, why are we probably more prone to naturally towards foolishness or doing something that might um, be um, good for us but not good for, for other people? And it's clear from the Bible that the reason is that God um, was um, that, that after the fall, every human being, um, like Adam and Eve, looked for wisdom outside of God. They sought to base the principles of their life on wisdom outside of God. And this um, led to all sorts of issues and troubles in our lives. Now, what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm not saying is that there isn't any truth to be found outside the passages of the Bible. You know, don't, if you're studying astrophysics, you know, don't throw away your books and just say, I've got the Bible, it'll tell me about astrophysics. No, it won't. Um, no, um, it, you know, it, the, the, those, those textbooks will contain information and knowledge, but wisdom is not just about information and knowledge. It's about understanding how we are to apply that information, how we are to apply knowledge into our lives. And so it's not about merely the right knowledge or the right facts, but it's right, about right action. It's about how to live in life. Um, and so um, Aitken in his commentary on, on, on Proverbs says this about Proverbs. He says, Proverbs is about restoring harmony through Jesus Christ. Proverbs is about becoming wise in everyday life through a relationship with Jesus, through the gospel. It's about the life to the kingdom of God, or that the life of the kingdom of God always meant for mankind to live. When our vertical relationship with God is right through Christ, we can be right with others and the world around us. So who here doesn't need wisdom? Well, I suggest or um, would put before us that we all need to understand wisdom. We all need in some way, some truth or reality to come and recalibrate our lives to help us to know how to live in a way that is good and right, in a way that brings contentment and satisfaction to our lives, not just to us, but for others. So, what is wisdom? Well, we're going to then jump into verses 2 through to 6, and we'll see that Solomon, right from the beginning, just sets out, this is what wisdom is about. And the first thing he tells us about is that wisdom is about correction and understanding. He says, to gain wisdom and instruction to, for understanding of words of insight. So understanding here is the kind of understanding that helps you understand the world around you. It enables you to read people and situations correctly. And where that understanding is lacking, wisdom is like the corrective glasses that we can put on so that we can see the world rightly. 
So when we have wisdom, we start to see the world as it truly is. The word here for uh, instruction may be better translated correction or discipline. Like a lighthouse warns a ship that they are on the wrong course, so wisdom redirects us and warns us, rebukes us, and sets us on the correct course. Maybe a question for us to ponder. Are you on the path of wisdom? Well, the wise welcome correction, but the fool rejects it. How are you at receiving correction from those who love you, from those who are around you? Do you welcome it? Indeed, do you even seek it out? For the wise seek out wisdom that leads to correction. They're interested in what other people are saying. They're interested on what other people uh, uh, have got to bring to the table. And they, uh, they, they weigh everything against the word of God to see what the word of God says. The word of God itself brings correction to us. So the one who is the know-it-all, the one who thinks they are wise, well, they are often never open to correction. And in fact... Many people in, in, in our world would call themselves wise and yet um, may well be fools. So, just an encouragement to you. Have you any relationships in your life where, where there are people who can come and speak into your life, who can bring the word of God, who can bring wisdom and help to correct you? If you haven't, let me encourage you to be seeking those out. So wisdom firstly then, is understanding an understanding that is corrective. It helps us to see things as they really are, to see situations and people for what they are. The second thing that Solomon tells us that wisdom is, is that it's for receiving instruction in be, uh, prudent behavior and doing what is right, just, and fair. So wisdom is the knowledge of what is good and the knowledge of what is evil. And what Solomon is saying here is that, uh, that, it, that wisdom is both ethical and moral. Wisdom leads to prudent behavior, that is moral and ethical. Thus wisdom is the knowledge of good and evil, not merely um, morally neutral. It's not just good for you and good for you and not so good for me. It's what is right and what is wrong. You might hear in Christian circles it said, well wisdom is about what's doing what's best or better. Well, it may well be, but it's more than that. It's doing what is right, just and fair according to Solomon. Now when I lived in Edinburgh, here's, here's an example of, of a foolishness, foolish thing for myself. When I lived in Edinburgh, um, I was driving down a one-race street and if you've ever been to Edinburgh, some of the streets are very, very narrow. And the delivery lorry blocked my exit around a corner. So I jumped out and said, hey, do you mind just kind of reparking? And he replied to me in words that I probably can't describe. He wasn't really very nice to me. Uh, he was quite rude to me. And uh, I went back to the car. I started to, this little, like, anger started to rise in me. It's like... I'm pretty sure I asked nicely. I'm pretty sure I did everything right. And now I'm sat in this car and he's going to unload the whole of his truck whilst I'm sat behind him when all he has to do is move like one foot the other side and I can squeeze by him. We weren't in a big car. I could have squeezed by him. So I noticed where he'd gone into the entrance. 
So uh, I thought, right, I'm just going to go in and say, come on, just move it a foot. Um, and as I, I went to the, to the door, and um, I was clearly ang more angry than I, I thought I was at the time, and I pushed the door harder than I thought. Uh, and uh, the door swung, and there was somebody behind the door, and it smacked him. And uh, so I, I, I was going in, I went, I went in there, and uh, obviously I was met with some anger as well, because I had knocked this person with it. Now you might just say, well, you know, it's morally neutral, I, you know, um, there, there was nothing wrong with that. But, it, but in fact, uh, that wouldn't be right, because it was my uncontrolled anger that led to foolish actions. Do you see what I mean? So Proverbs says that all foolishness is sin. At the heart of foolishness is sin. It's a rejection of doing what is good, right, and that's sinful because God is the one who is good, right, and perfect. And so we're rejecting his ways. Um, and so in that, in that way, all the things that we do that are foolish in some way have a root in sin. So folly is sinful, and according to Solomon, right, uh, wisdom is righteousness. Notice again that it's not merely about what you know, but it's about behavior that is prudent. So he's saying, look, if you get wisdom, it's going to lead to prudent behavior. The way in which you interact with one another in, in, in situations with other people is going to be good, right, and fair. Uh, I like the message um, words where it says, a manual for living, for learning what is right, just, and fair. So, we've seen that it, wisdom is corrective, it leads to corrective understanding, an understanding that leads to correction. We've seen here that, that wisdom is the knowledge of good and evil. Um, but then thirdly, it, wisdom is discernment. It says this in verse 4, For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. So wisdom is about shrewdness and discretion. It is the ability to read a situation and to make the right decision. Our knowledge of what is right and wrong now must be applied contextually to the situations that we find ourselves in. And if we're going to read through a lot of Proverbs, we're going to see that there are lots of sort of truisms in there. which gives us some way of saying, maybe in this sort of situation, you might apply this wisdom into this situation. Now, they're truisms, which means they're not always true in every situation. If you've ever been in an argument... Um, the wisdom, a gentle word turns away wrath, is not always true. Sometimes a gentle uh, a word can be a fuel to the fire sometimes because it kind of shows the mirror between the way in which one person is acting but another person is acting. However, in the long run, and most often, that proverb is true. It's take, see what I mean? We're taking the truth of saying gentleness can soothe situations and then you're applying it. Sometimes it's better to say nothing, isn't it? Sometimes it's better to correct and, and confront. Sometimes it's right to say a gentle word. We're, we're taking wisdom and we're applying it into our situations. And being wise is knowing how to apply it. Apply um, uh, knowledge and truth into everyday situations. Notice again here that he says... He wants to apply it to the, those who are simple. Um, and um, later on, he, he also says, to, to the youth. And so really what he's talking about here is inexperienced people. 
uh, he, Solomon's desire is that the truth and the experience that he has had, he wants to pass on to those who lack uh, life experience, those who, who are young. And he wants them to learn from the mistakes that he has made or the wisdom that he has gained. So inexperienced people are not necessarily uh, wise or foolish yet, but they are open to instruction. They may be gullible and easily led, um, but they, t they are interested. So here um, Solomon is saying that, that there's a desire for wisdom. Now, if you have any uh, children or you work with children, you'll know that, that kids have got a great um, hunger and thirst for knowing things. Um, Boaz is always like asking questions constantly, constantly. Sometimes it's what, what, what's my favorite Ninjago figure that I don't know anything about and I can't answer him. Uh, other times it's facts, how many people live in China, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's got a thirst for information. And so what uh, Solomon is saying here is, yes, we, we want to pass on what we know to those who do not know so much yet. And if you're involved in um, working with, with, with children or in youth in, in, in any way, what Proverbs encourages us here is to instruct our children in wisdom. Now that does include knowledge, that does include information, but it's more that he wants for, for, for our children. He wants our children to acquire the ability to perceive what is really going on in the world. To be able to make right decisions and to avoid making bad ones. And so the job of the parent or the carer or the youth worker or the teacher is to help our children grow up to be wise. Wise in how to understand the world, wise in how to live in the world and this is no mean feat so I encourage you to pray for parents and pray for those involved in the teaching profession and in caring for for children so it's about discernment and then finally uh, wisdom is about obtaining learning and guidance he says this in verse 5 and 6 let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables the sayings and the riddles of the wise. So Solomon's audience is not those who are just inexperienced or young that don't yet have wisdom. He's saying in this book, if you count yourself wise or somewhat wise, then there's more things here for you to learn. You can add, you can always add to your wisdom. There is always more truth and more insight that we can get, more guidance that we can receive. And in fact, it is this humble desire to learn that makes a wise person wise. And I, I suppose it's the lack of need for wisdom that makes a foolish person foolish. Does that make sense? If you think you're wise, you're probably not. And you don't need any more wisdom. But if you think you need it, then you're probably wise. Well, at least you've taken the first step to wisdom. You know that you don't know, you need to know how you should respond. I think most of my foolish mistakes is thinking I knew what to do when in fact I didn't. Um, and it also you know, often led to, to difficulties. I love the way the message puts it here, uh, the contemporary translation of the Bible says, says this, there is something here also for the seasoned men and women, still a thing or two for the experience to learn. 
fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate the rhythms and the, the reasons of the wise men and women. So wisdom is not a goal that we attain to, but a desire that we pursue throughout the whole of our lives. And again, James says to anyone, he says, if we lack wisdom, we can humbly come before God and ask it, and he will give us the wisdom that we need. So the purpose of this book is to help us learn to live life wisely and his sayings will correct and rebuke you. They will give you understanding. They will give you insight into people and situations. They'll teach you what is right and what is wrong. They'll help you apply the, 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 those right and wrong to ethically or in a smart way into the situations of your life. And you can always add more learning and wisdom to your life. But how do we get it? Do we just download it? Maybe there's going to be a time in the future where um, people will ask us to put chips into our brains so we can download wisdom into our minds and we'll know exactly what to do. Um, I don't think that's the case. Um, how do we get it? Well, this final verse tells us the first step on the path to receiving wisdom. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The message says, Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. So how can we be wise? How can we read situations and people correctly? How do we discern what is ethically right and wrong? Well, uh, the world might say there's many different paths to wisdom. Education, experience, hardship, success, uh, having a mentor, maybe uh, being well read. Um, or maybe just being born with some common sense. But Solomon says the first step to true wisdom starts with a relationship. A relationship marked by fear, oddly. But this fear isn't scared um, and um, worried about how someone might act towards you as if somehow you know, um, they might come at you and you don't know, you know when they're going to come at you. No, this means respect, reverence, awe and honour. Ultimately, it means trusting the one who is wisdom, God himself. If you want to get wisdom, then you need to get to know God because wisdom comes from God. That's what Solomon believes. That's what Solomon is teaching. That everything in the world, every, uh, um, uh, the way in which the world works, every uh, thing that we might learn in science about the natural world, what we might learn about um, uh, space and, and, and everything that there is to know, starts with God. Why? Because he made it. So he is the one who put it into place. And so everything we need to know comes through a relationship with God. Again, that doesn't mean we're throwing away the textbooks, but those textbooks are explaining some, the, 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 the way in which God put the world together. And there's a, there's a connection here between the fear of God and wisdom, because to fear God means to ask the question, really, what might it be to, what, what must I, how, in what way can I act in this situation that, is good, right, and fair in the way in which God says it's good, right, and fair. So, the, so we might say, you know, 
and, and, sorry, and the way in which we make those decisions often indicate what we put our trust in. So how we use our money or our space in our home or how we parent our children, how we, how we manage other people at work or how we deal with, deal with success and failure uh, often tell us whether we're concerned about what God thinks or what we're concerned about what other people think or we're concerned about what we think. So as, as Christians, every nook and cranny in our life is to be governed by God. So wisdom's question is, what would it look like to trust and honour God in this situation and therefore be wise? Yet this type of thinking really speaks of something deeper. It speaks of a loving relationship with God. We could really change the word fear here for love. The love of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The only way to be wise is to trust in the Lord, to be in a relationship of love where you love them, you love him, and you know that he loves you. Chapter 2, verse 6 of Proverbs says that wisdom comes from Yahweh. That's the name of God. Now, wisdom may well be mediated through other agents. It might be through a parent, it might be through a teacher, it might be through a pastor or a friend or a mentor or through the Bible or through the Holy Spirit. Um, but wisdom, Solomon says, originates from the mouth of God. And that's why we need to be in a relationship with him. What difference would it make if our concept of wisdom was not merely information, but a person? What would it mean for us to trust and love, to walk with, to talk with the one who is wisdom. The only way to become more wise is come, to come to know God better. The more we know him, the more we trust him, the more uh, we will be wise in, in our lives. So he says, look, I'm going to give you loads of information, loads of truisms, loads of um, stuff that you can apply to your life. But if you don't have a relationship with God, then you're kind of missing the source. You're getting, the, you're getting kind of like the information, but you're missing the, the, the place where it comes from. And in one sense, it's a difference between being a child and being fed by a spoon and being a child and getting up and being able to cut and eat your own food up. Does that make sense? As parents, we process the food and we puree it and we put it into the mouth of a child and they eat. They didn't do anything to get that uh, nourishment. We just, we just put it in their mouths. But as a, grow, a child grows, they learn to cut their food and then later on they'll learn to buy their food and they'll learn to work hard to afford their food. Um, they'll cook their food and they'll choose what they want to. You know, that's the kind of a process of wisdom, isn't it? From being reliant on other people's wisdom to knowing what to do. So in the same way, a relationship, the first step in wisdom is coming to know God. And the first step is a hard step because it's a kind of foolish step. 1 Corinthians says that the wisdom of God, which is Jesus Christ crucified, dying on the cross for our sins in our place, is foolishness to many people in our world. Yet it is the wisdom of God. Interesting that, isn't that? that the first step that we need to make could be to our mind foolish. Trust in God for my salvation. Confess my sins and believe in him and I will be saved and receive eternal life. 
To do that, I enter into a relationship with him that leads to wisdom. So that first step is a hard one. To find wisdom, we kind of have to believe what seems to our earthly minds to be foolish. But often that's the way of God, isn't it? Many of his ways seem foolish to us. And that's the wrestle that we will have, that what God says sometimes will be hard to apply. What God says will sometimes lead us to uh, not go against our conscience, but recognise that our conscience is not always to be trusted. And so our first step in the journey towards wisdom is is entering into, and for those of of us who are Christian, continuing to nurture that loving relationship with God. The more you pursue God, the more you trust him, the wiser you will be naturally. Why? Because you will seek after his way and not your way. So, we've seen in this first opening introduction about wisdom, that wisdom is, brings some understanding that is corrective, uh, that wisdom helps us understand uh, the difference between what is right and wrong. We see that wisdom leads us to um, discernment and discretion, and that uh, wisdom also, sorry, I've forgotten the last one now. <laughs> Um, wisdom uh, leads us to greater learning and understanding. So I'm going to leave you to apply this in your little group. So here's three questions for us. So as you think about your life, uh, what are some of the barriers in your life to becoming more wise? That's the first question. Uh, And then the second question, if wisdom is a person, not merely good tips for living, how might we become wise? And I really want you to think about concrete steps here. So what what are some of the concrete steps uh, that might look like in nurturing this relationship with wisdom himself? himself? And then finally, if we get time, which of the benefits of wisdom might you find helpful in your life right now and why? So correction, instruction, knowledge of good and evil, discernment, guidance, the stuff that, that we've looked at.